Hello and welcome to Walter Now, Walter Magazine's monthly podcast. I'm Walter Editor and General Manager Liza Roberts, and I'm here in our offices today with Jesma Reynolds, our Creative Director, Mimi Montgomery, our Community Manager, and Jesse Ammons, Walter's Assistant Editor, to talk about our latest issue. I was thinking, and looking through it, that our April issue is actually quite a bit like spring. We're covering areas of Raleigh life that are in many ways on the cusp. New restaurants that are about to open, downtown areas getting a new jolt of life, a facelift and a rebirth of sorts. We've got bikers on open roads, artists inspired by nature, and a story that I had the chance to report and write about an artist whose work often flies pretty much under the radar. Um, And actually, it's kind of funny to describe it that way because her work is actually in plain sight. It just sort of takes a back seat. Um, The artist that I'm talking about is Carrie Martinson, and she's the costume designer for the Carolina Ballet. Um, She does this all the time, but she has a particularly remarkable creation this month. She's created and also orchestrated the creation of hundreds of new costumes for their production of Macbeth, which they debut on the 14th. Um, And, you know, when the curtain rises on the 14th and Macbeth debuts, the audience will naturally sort of pay most attention to the dancers and to the choreography, which is brand new, and also to the score, which is original and brand new, and the incredible set that they've created. But the costumes are what this story is about. The costumes are also gorgeous. And they're not only beautiful, they actually have to be real workhorses. And Carrie was very interesting to talk to you about how she kind of um, toes that line, keeping them beautiful, they need to help tell a story, um, and they also kind of need to get out of the way. They also need to be really efficient, they need to come on and off like that, um, and they kind of need to disappear so the dancers can shine and not take the, you know, the focus away from the dancers. So I had a really interesting time um, spending some time in her workroom with her, with her staff. Her team puts all these beautiful costumes together, um, and it's not just that they're so well-designed and that their, their technique and their sewing is so impressive. It's just that they're also so resourceful. And she, in particular, is just sort of ingenious uh, with the way that she's able to turn very little into something very abundant-looking. Um, she gets a huge amount done, an enormous job done, with an extremely tight budget, very little time. She clearly loves every minute of it, and she clearly loves what she's doing and is meant to be doing it. Well, that sounds a lot like Mark Kirby. Um, he's the builder and designer in the firm Dixon Kirby here in town. And this month's story of a house is about his personal residence. And it's a house with a story to tell. Mark and his wife, Kristen, and their four young children weren't looking for a new home when this one came on the market. Um, in fact, Mark, Mark went to see it as a potential teardown rebuild for his business. But when he went over there, he was immediately struck by the uniqueness of the property and the interesting history of the house. Um, It's in an area called Bellevue Terrace, right up by North Hills, and its original owner also owned all the land around it that's now known as Drury Hills, the subdivision right below it. Um, And the house is built on the highest part of the land. In fact, you feel like you're in the mountains when you're there, even in central Raleigh, because of the unobstructed views off the back of the house. Um, So anyway, Mark loved the setting, and he also loved the house itself. It's a Tudor revival. It's a style you don't really see much around here made with Flemish bond brick, which is a more detailed and elegant way of laying brick and not used as much today but for that reason. Anyway, he couldn't stop thinking about it for his family, so he showed it to Kristen, and she felt the same way, that it was meant to be their family home, so they bought it. And as a way to honor the original homeowner's vision, um, what Mark calls the soul of the house, rather than tear it down, he um, decided to do a complete remodel and modify it for modern living 
this the details he wanted to preserve and to um, highlight. So they took the home down to the studs, reworked some rooms, but kept the original footprint. And um, as a new classicist, Mark uses the past as inspiration without being bound by it. The results are stunning. There's a blending of old and new that gives the house an immediate patina, but it's also really livable. And the proportions of the rooms when you walk through are inviting. The finishes, the special touches, all are warm and cozy, while timeless and elegant at the same time. I'm just thrilled to be featuring it this month. We've also got a terrific photo essay from photographer Jill Knight, who covered five women bikers, as in motorcycle riders, in the triangle. What I enjoyed about this um, is the variety of women who are avid bikers and what's drawn them into this world. They're from all different backgrounds, from teaching to the corporate world to entrepreneurs to moms, but they all talk about the meditative qualities of being on the open road, and that's, it's really romantic, and it's also really cool. The photos are gorgeous, and their connections to their bikes is fascinating. Yeah, and I was super fascinated this month by Jake and Shannon Wolf, who are the owners of the downtown restaurant at Capital Club 16. Um, I interviewed them for the drink story this month, and I loved hearing their story of how they met in high school, both moved away from North Carolina and did their own things for a bit. Jake moved to Germany and then lived all over the country, and Shannon moved to New York and was a television producer there for a couple of years. And then they met back up, fell in love, got married, and then moved back to North Carolina and started their restaurant here in Raleigh. So if you haven't been, the decor is very cool. They're both history buffs, and so they're sure to include a nod to the old building that they're housed in. The top floors of the building were part of the Capitol Club, which was a men's club in the first half of the 20th century, and it has really great high ceilings and really beautiful Art Deco architecture inside. Um, so to sort of add to the history inside, Jake took some woodwork from an old German restaurant in Manhattan and used that for the body of the bar and then found some old Art Deco chairs from a New York automat restaurant and used those throughout the restaurant as well. And they have some old pictures in the walls of their family members and paintings they found in Shannon's relative's basement in Wilson. So it's this very cool hybrid of all these places that they used to live. And that's also reflected in the cuisine with its combination of American and Bavarian food which is a nod to Jake's past working in a German restaurant as well. Um, but the cocktail they made for us this month is delicious. It's a refreshing blend of muddled strawberries that taste just like a cobbler, so it's perfect for spring. And I also covered the new store, Port of Raleigh, for the Shop Local feature this month. Um, the owner, Anna Maria Munez, is a really great woman and has this beautiful sense of style. Her store is very modern and contemporary, and it has a focus on objects and gifts that are design-oriented yet functional as well. It kind of reminded me of the Museum of Modern Art gift store in Manhattan. It's super light and industrial and has these really designed forward wares that are also very functional. And she has lived everywhere from London to L.A. to Kuala Lumpur, so you can really see that reflected in her taste as well. And, and even though she sort of lived all over the place, when she and her husband were looking to settle down, they chose Raleigh, which I think really speaks to the area's growth and its unique sense of community, too. And they love it, and they're both super excited to be living downtown and contributing to the flourishing community there. Yeah, and thinking about community, uh, a fun group that I got to meet this month is this group of volunteers that meets every Wednesday at Raleigh City Farm to weed the farm, and they call it the Wine and Weeders, um, because they get a glass of wine at Wine Authorities next door first, and then go weed the farm. Uh, it's just really informal, and there's a group of regulars, but it's a volunteer group, so um, open to anybody, which is just sort of a fun group to get to know. Um, and then another cool community that I had a lot of fun learning about this month is um, Cary and downtown Cary. And I, the, we 
our story came about in an interesting way. Liza and I were at a preview lunch right before the Maiden Inn opened. The Maiden Inn is a luxury boutique hotel that just opened in downtown Cary. We were there during its final days of construction because we thought that we were going to write a short spotlight piece on the hotel. But when we got there and we started talking to the other business owners at lunch with us and the Cary residents, we realized that there is a lot more going on than just the main inn. So it morphed into um, this piece about the growth and revitalization of downtown Cary. And I just had so much fun reporting this. I ended up spending a fair amount of time driving around Chatham and Academy Streets to pick the six places that we highlighted in this story. And it is, it's just really bustling. Um, it's fun and people are always hanging out and walking around. And what really struck me was how enthusiastic everybody is about what's going on. Um, business owners are thrilled to be part of this revitalization and locals are eager to support it. Everyone was just so genuine. And there are a few quotes in the story about how nice people in Cary are. And I found that to be so true. Um, I grew up in Raleigh, and so I had always dismissed Carrie as sort of suburbia, and it's not. It's absolutely worth driving over to spend an afternoon in. Well, so we, we cover a lot of interesting different communities in this, um, in this issue, and hopefully um, you, our readers, will have fun learning about them. When we come back, I'll be sitting down with Christy Holsclaw, one of the top salespeople at Great Price Harley-Davidson and the proud owner of a Triumph Bonneville, one of the women we featured in the photo essay Desmond mentioned. Welcome back. We're here now at Ray Price in Raleigh. It's one of the Southeast's biggest sellers of Harley-Davidson and Triumph motorcycles. And we're here to meet Christy Holsclaw, a top salesperson and a motorcycle lover lover herself. Christy is featured in our most recent issue in the cover story about women bikers. Christy, thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank you. Um, Now, it's true, and I know that it's a cliche, but I think it's fair to say that if most people think of a motorcycle rider, they tend to think of a man. How did you get interested in motorcycles? Both of my grandfathers used to ride Harley-Davidson's back in the 30s and 40s. One of them was a hill climber, um, which was off-road racing. Um, And since then, I've always been very excited to hear their stories and always wanted to learn more, you know, as a kid growing up um, from the motorcycles. And it's just always been a passion since then. When did you get your own first motorcycle? I bought my first one in 1994. And what were the circumstances then? How old were you and where where did you ride it? I was 19 years old, um, fresh out of high school. I had purchased a jet ski and rode it for the summer out on the lake, but it really never gave me the adrenaline rush that I was looking for. I sold it and purchased my first motorcycle at that point and had no clue how to ride it. <laughs> how did you how did you learn? Um actually went to a community college here locally that taught motorcycle safety and that's how I learned how to ride it. Is it hard to learn how to ride a motorcycle? You're not you're not a big person. I mean, I see these giant motorcycles around us here in this beautiful showroom and I know you've got a Triumph Bonneville which is just a few feet away from us here on the showroom. It's a big motorcycle and and you're a petite woman. How do you do that? 
it's all um, like balance of just like riding a bicycle. Um, of course, once you are on the throttle, it pretty much stands itself up. Um, it's just learning the balance of it and going through the gears as much as or very similar as driving a straight drive vehicle. Uh-huh. I know that you here, this is an extraordinary place. I've never been here before, but in addition to selling all of these motorcycles, you all service them and rent them, and you've got really a whole city block or or more here of space devoted to motorcycles. And you also teach people um, how to ride motorcycles, including you have special groups of women, um, you know, special clinics for women to teach them. What's different about teaching a woman to ride a motorcycle, if anything? They're usually more patient. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) They listen to the instructions and follow them. Yes, (laughs) yes, that is true. Most of them just have, you know, the passion, the drive, and they're very eager to learn. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's a community of sorts of women riders that's developed in part around this dealership here, and you're part of that. Can you tell us a little bit about about that community? There's several um, groups of community. women riders that are in the area um some that we've got here is one group that does a lot for charity organizations um and they get together and go out and eat and have bake sales and pancake cook breakfast for charity um and the rest of them just enjoy getting together and riding amongst themselves Mm -hmm. where do you like to ride Away from the city. Yeah? Where, where kind of do you... The back roads, mm-hmm. um, mainly out in the country, um, up around Chatham County mm-hmm. is really nice. Um, a lot of curvy, hilly roads, um, just getting away from the inner city of traffic. Yeah. So when you're out on the motorcycle, is it, you, you said at the beginning you were looking for an adrenaline rush. Is that still what it's about? Yes, and getting away from the internet, the telephone, <laughs> um, just being out to clear your mind. Yeah, it's hard to do, isn't it? Yes. Unless you get far away. Yes. So how do you typically take a day and go out, or how do you fit this into your busy life as a salesperson here? Usually on a day off, um, either by myself or with a group of a couple friends, we just mm-hmm. go out and get lost. Yeah, that's great. What do people, what do you think the misconceptions are about motorcycles and motorcycle riding? What, what don't people know that you know? If you've never been on one, you don't you don't know the sensation of just being out in the wind, um, in open air, and like I said, away from the hustle and bustle of daily life. Yeah. Tell me this. I know that this is one of the top dealerships in the southeast. Yes, um, of Harley Davidsons and Triumphs. Yes. Why is that the case? Why is this a hotbed? This area for motorcycles, motorcycle lovers. Um, it's, of course, a very growing area. Um, Ray Price, of course, has been in business well over 30 years um, and has devoted a lot of time to the community in this area um, through charity organizations. Um, he also believes in excellent customer service, and that's what we offer here, and that's what our motto is, and that has basically grown our business. Mm-hmm. You, I know that you all put together something called the Capital City Bike Fest every year. That's coming up in September. Could you tell us a little bit about that? It's where Capital City Bike Fest, we also have the Expo Center, which is in the convention center down there, which features a lot of custom motorcycles, custom motorcycle shows. Um, we also have a lot of vendors, a lot of food, and it's a good weekend for 
not just the Raleigh area, but people from all over other states that come in to have the camaraderie of motorcycling. Mm-hmm. Um, do you so in this showroom? I didn't realize until I started learning a little bit about you that you sell bon- Triumphs and Harley Davidsons. What's the difference between those two kinds of bikes? Both of them came from the same era. Of course, Triumph Motorcycles is from 1902. Harley Davidson comes in at 1903. So it's always been two brands that have been connected for decades. And what? Who's? What's the typical Triumph rider versus? You know, what's the difference between the the? How do they operate differently, and who who rides them? Both of them are. Um, very much alike a lot of motorcycle owners have both Mm -hmm. um of course triumph does also get into a couple different other segments versus harley davidson they do have their adventure bikes which you can take off-road um they're very big in the racing market as well um so there's several different lines in the triumph bikes um and of course harley davidson has its you know smaller models on up to us big touring bikes mm-hmm. you've got a triumph bonneville right yes i do Wait, tell me about that bike it is a very nostalgic bike even though it is a new model it still has the same styling as what the bikes used to look at, like back in the 50s mm-hmm. so just kind of those those beautiful lines and, yes retro yeah and the chrome yeah. and everything yes how long have you had that i've had this one a couple years uh-huh. and do you repair it yourself Oh, no. <laughs> That's what the guys in the shop are for. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about all the things that go on here, um, including repairs and um, and the, everything I see down this whole street of Ray Price. Besides, you know, us selling motorcycles, um, this place is a hangout as well. We do have groups of people that come here daily just to hang out and talk and drink coffee um, of course, we have events all the time. We also have Ray Price's Drag Racing Museum, which is here as well. Um, we do start from the ground up. We can teach you how to ride a motorcycle. We have rentals if somebody comes in from out of town or just wants to pick up a bike and test one out for a weekend. We have that available. Of course, we have a full service department and fabrication and high performance center as well on site so one-stop shop that's a pretty pretty amazing spot yeah i saw i saw those gentlemen at the front yeah they, you told me they come every day every day and hang out yes. not something you see at a typical car dealership no uh-uh. <laughs> for instance uh, so before we before we close where, where are you going to take your bike on your next ride where, where are you headed next that would be myrtle beach in a couple weeks Is they have that annual event down there yes yes yeah. that would be the myrtle beach bike week and you don't have to wear a helmet down there do you You don't have to, but I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Krista Hulsclaw with Ray Price Harley-Davidson has been speaking with us today. I'm Liza Roberts, and thank you for listening to Walter Now.